You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, everybody. Happy Donut Day. It is National Donut Day. Mike Golick here. Flying solo podcast. With my partner in crime, my wife, Chris. Hello. No. Flying so... Well, never mind. Don't. Don't get into it, It's please. National Donut Day. We thought we would Woo! couple that with doing a podcast. This is this is basically the highest holiday in the Golic House. We guarantee you, wherever our kids are, they are celebrating with uh, with donut in hand. Uh, multiple donuts. We are not a... It's like Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one. You got to have, I think, two. Oh, I think two dozen. <laughs> Depending. But I mean minimum two. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be multiple. You can't just have one. I mean, yeah. as I, I posted a picture eating on Instagram, I said, enjoy this day irresponsibly. Seems like good, right? good words of uh, wisdom. I think, I think it's good words of People wisdom. People loved the picture you posted because you were wearing an Orange Theory shirt while you were... I took the picture right before we went and worked out. We actually did work out. And we did. had donuts waiting for us after. So I'm not good at eating... Too much before we work out. You did. You ate a donut. I ate a donut workout. before workout, and you didn't burp it up at all. Not at all. I can't do that. So I took a bite for the picture's sake, and then I waited until after the workout. I guarantee you, we burned off whatever you. I ate one did. before and one after. Yeah, we burned those. Not a off. problem for me. We uh, no, no eating donuts. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly, silly people that think it's tough for us to eat donuts. We were born into that. Absolutely born into it. So, uh, happy donut day to all. So. Enjoy. We have a lot of questions. We appreciate everybody. I tried to answer some already on Twitter, and then um, uh, Chris has some written down as well. Then we'll get into all the things, some of the things going on in the world of sports, and what's going on with me. It's it's getting close. As the wheels they say. turn slow, but they, hopefully soon here we're going to have some news. It was amazing how easy it was when I was at ESPN. You just have one deal and you go to the next. You know, you yep. just kind of keep going. A little and more complicated. This yeah, time, now right? because it's uh, going to be multiple things. Um, but it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Uh, I was very fortunate that we're in the position to really kind of pick the things we want to do. And uh if it all works out the way it's looking right now, it, it is uh, it is going to be a lot of fun, and I think all of you will will agree with it uh, as well. Let's uh, go back to the donuts for a sec before okay. you go too far. What, people want to know what your favorite donut is. My favorite donut, I like now because I was also asked what my least favorite was. I know that. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, a former old lineman in the NFL, and does does a great job in, in media now as well. Asked me that right out of the gate, and it would be jelly filled and or custard, custard filled. filled, right? Yeah. I like cream filled, like um, like a like a like a whipped cream, like a whipped cream type yeah. of a filling. Yeah. Anybody who eats donuts knows yeah. what a cream. Yeah, filled yeah, yeah. Not, not a Boston cream. No. I don't like the custard. I don't like jelly. Don't give me any fruit with I my like donut. Jelly. I know you like jelly, but I do not. My favorite would be that kind of icing filling. Or any kind of really chocolate product. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get into the wild donuts, like when we were living in Connecticut, Donut Crazy. Well, that was somebody's question. Do you prefer, like, do you like the artesian-style donuts, which is what Donut Crazy is, where they're a little more, like, uh, 
A little more, creative. A little, fl- a little more yeah. flair to them. Or the flavor. grocery store. Um, I mean, I think for the most part, the grocery store, but don't get me wrong, I, I dig the flair. I, you know, I like both. I, oh, there's I, a time listen. and a place for either of them. When, when you're talking about Golics and donuts, it's not what you dislike. Though I do, I, I, I will. I have eaten jelly donuts. I've eaten around the jelly. I've done that. I'll eat it. Um, <laughs> you don't like them with bacon either, right? No, no. You know, bacon on the maple. Right. People like I do not. Will you not eat it like a jelly donut, no, no, no. or will you eat it but if, not if, prefer it? I don't prefer. Okay. I will eat any donut. So let me put it that way. I will eat a jelly or custard donut. I don't prefer to eat them. They will be, they're the lowest on my list to eat. not eat if that's your only choice. I will never, if I'm looking forward to a donut, look at a donut and say, I'm not going to eat that. I will find a way to eat it. But I love maple frosting and I love bacon. I just don't really dig them together. I just don't. Somebody said that they uh, moved to Arizona recently and wanted to know what the best place for a donut was there. They mentioned local donut, which we had been to, and we thought right. that was good. We like the one over by Arizona State called Hertz. Hertz, Hertz Donuts. I think I it's with a Z. Really I think it's H-U-R-T-Z. No, I don't think so. I don't. Okay. Um, but uh, it's over by ASU. Right, right. Um, and they have good donuts. They have really good donuts. They yeah. have some of the artesian style. Right. They, the artesian, they're, they're, yeah. they kind of have a mix. So yeah. Is, like, that, is that what it's called? Artesian? artesian? Is that yeah. what we do? Really? Yeah. Well, I just learned that. Are you just yeah. making that up? No, that's what they tweeted at us. All right, because the way you say it, you made it sound well, like you I know mean, what you're talking about i think that fits all right so okay somebody uh, can correct us out but there what was the one place that just opened up by our place and uh but that was that what was that cream puffs that was cream puffs uh, cream puff is a relation somebody to a donut asked, do you include like fritters yes, and okay, yes you're, yes you're very welcoming listen, donut to the donut family listen mm-hmm. there are there are brothers sisters cousins aunts uncles to everything right uh, we we you know what we are inclusive we're an inclusive family yes. <laughs> We are an inclusive family. Uh-oh. Hey, that's, Har- that's Harry right now. That's Harry. Little, seems to be... I think made, he swallowed a bone. I think he found some donut and is choking on it now, <laughs> so hopefully he'll be okay. Are you okay, buddy? You all right, buddy? Yeah, he's going to walk out and throw up somewhere. Yeah. There's no doubt about that at all. Yeah. Okay. Look forward to that. Uh, somebody... Lots of food questions today. Okay. Um, somebody asked, the best food around Notre Dame, um, regardless of price? Well, one of the things since we've been in South Bend for a while has become a weekly habit it has. with us. There's a very notable uh, bar in South Bend called uh, the Linebacker. It's right, right, I mean, right off campus. You can walk to it now. It, it's it, they're very strict with you know you know college bars. Sometimes the old underage could get in there. They do not. They're very strict there. You so you usually get Notre Dame seniors there, but a lot of or alumni, alumni, a, a lot of alumni go to that place and and town town folk as well. But they have a burger in there, and I introduced you to it, the Backer Burger. Right. It's a half-pound burger. They have their special sauce on it. Well, we have now gone, since we have moved here, we'll be here six months out of the year, and in Scottsdale, six months out of the year. Uh, it's our weekly thing. We you go get your, once a week to the You get backer. your Diet Coke and a, and a Backer Burger, and I get my, my beer and a yeah. Backer Burger. And uh, yeah. It's, it's our a, guilty pleasure right we, now. <laughs> we, right now, we're to the point where she knows us Cam, when we go yeah. in. She knows what we order, drinks-wise and food-wise, and it feels good. It, it feels does. like the old show Cheers for the young <laughs> kids. Google it. Yep. Uh, where everybody knows your name. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah. th- that's one of any of the other places. I mean, there's great places in uh, Eddy Street, a place called Brew Burgers Brew that's Bur- new. It's we very really good. like Brew Burgers, yep. right? Again, it's right off campus on Eddy Street. O'Rourke's is right there. Brothers, like a sports bar. A new bar. place near Howard Park, which is a little off the beaten yeah. path. Um, uh, what's it called again? Oh, the uh, public house. Public house. The yes. public house. That's Very another burger good. Yeah. place that was good too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of good places to the eat. South Bend really is close. really up their game. Yep. There's no doubt yep. about it. No yeah. doubt about yeah. it. So 
and also coming off your picture of wearing your Orange Theory shirt, somebody asked your least favorite exercise at Orange Theory. Um, I'm not a big fan of a lot of jumping. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like I like the rowing. The, the, you know what hacks me off at Orange Theory is when people skip the rowing because they don't like it. Rowing is actually the best thing for you. Right. If you have an injury, cool. But if you don't, you're just skipping it to go to the strider or something or the bike. I mean, what are you doing, man? Right. Get you. You're there. Get that workout in. No matter how hard you, you, you can pull. You, or that's exactly you, yeah. right. You. You. That's the beauty of Orange Theory. You can do it at your pace. But that is a great workout, the rower. So, and and I'm fortunate. I'm long, so that that helps. Okay, but rowing. what's your least favorite exercise? Any kind of um, probably burpees. burpees. I hate burpees. Yeah. Yeah, I hate burpees. especially when they're the ultimate burpees the ultimate, and you have to do the like the, the weights. The so weights, you do the yeah. weights, you do the push up with the weight, you stand up and have the weights yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I'm we are not burpee fans at no. all because it actually makes us burpee. Yes, it does. <laughs> and somebody said he's an old guy with bad knees and bad shoulders, and he's wondering what you recommend for getting back into working out. Well, I mean, just any kind of movement now, walk. We One thing we do almost daily is walk the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you can just go, get out and walk, just do that. And for me, my shoulders, because 10 of my 12 surgeries were on my shoulders, I don't do overhead very well. Um, but I do it. I just use lighter weight. You know, but if you can do the, the regular type of um, shoulder lifts that, are, that don't go overhead, the side lifts, the front lifts, and those kind of things, do those. Anything that can strengthen the areas, even if it's lighter weight. You know, the one thing everybody needs to get past is is if you're in a gym or wherever, looking at what weight you do. Who gives a shit? You know, you do what you need to help you. It's not a competition anymore, especially if you're asking if you're older and stuff. It's all about what's going to make you better. So if it hurts to do it, then you don't do it. There's a difference of a little bit of pain and fight through it to to work your muscle as opposed to it hurting Right. To where you may be doing damage. So you have to kind of find the difference there. But just go as light as weight as possible. But to start out, man, just walk. Start just out walk. walking. And yeah. if you want to be in a group setting and you live near an Orange Theory, I will always recommend it because I think people are intimidated sometimes are. to go work out in a group. <laughs> but really, it is a kind of a um, uh, program where you can just do it at your own pace. Your own pace. You, and they give walking, you modifications. Yes, if you tell them that you have an injury or you're not able to do something, they can find a way or an exercise that's going to work for you. And it's kind of nice to to have appointment to go it work is. out, get it done. Here's the thing for guys: something we're used to. It's an hour of being told what to do. <laughs> we're all used to that. We've all thrown in the towel at one point. I did it about a year into the marriage. You just do what I'm told. So I go in and it's for an hour and I'm told what to do and I do it how I can do it. I don't, you know, I don't lift my shoulders heavy overhead. I just modify it. So it's a, it's a great workout, but just find something that fits you and you're able to do yep. it. Yep. Just do it regularly too. So yeah, that, that is very key. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So let's go a little bit to sports. First of all, um, you and I together wanted to send best wishes to Greg Olson and his yeah, wife, Kara. his wife, Kara, yeah. Um, their son, TJ, is having a heart uh, transplant. Transplant, yeah. And um, hey, I, basically, as we're, we're doing this, this right, podcast, right. I mean, it's, uh, it's what a, and, and they were, they're an incredible couple. Mm-hmm. What what they've done in the community and nationally. Right. Um, uh, and how much they help. They have a lot of kids. They do. Uh, they only like three or four. Oh, I, I thought they had more. No, okay. I think so. But I mean, such a such a giving couple and they they were the first to acknowledge, listen, we understand for our son to get a heart, somebody else has to die. Right. You know, and I mean it's a, what a horrific situation for everybody there. 
Uh, but but it, their son TJ, as you yeah. mentioned, is getting it as as we speak. So the heart transplant. So we really hope all goes, goes well, well for better, him. Yeah, yeah without yeah, question, for sure. All right. Well, let's go a little bit to sports. Yeah. Um, somebody tweeted at you and wanted to know who your favorite teammate was. My favorite teammate. Wow. So I was with the Oilers for a couple years, younger. Had some great teammates there. Eagles most of the time there. It would be you know the Jerome Brown, Reggie White. Do you think Dave and uh, Jeff Dave? might be sad oh, that yeah, you don't Dave, pick oh, them? Oh, <laughs> wow. How horrible is that? Yeah. <laughs> Those were my best friends playing. So, yes. so I was just picking someone, I guess, on my side of the right, ball. I, right. I, I naturally think to my side of the ball. Right. But my best friends playing were Jeff Fiegels and Dave Alexander. Dave was the center in Philadelphia when I was there. And Jeff was the punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hung out. We hung out with a the, lot of the, offensive linemen. We, yeah. we did. Their wives, Michelle and Kathy, Michelle right. Fiegels and Kathy that Alexander. That group tended to be married. And, 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 like and, this. and us were like the three that hung around. Yeah. You guys were all pregnant at the with same, our second and their first at the same, same time, time, right? They were all born a week apart. Yeah, yeah. a week apart. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, yeah. yeah, so best friends definitely uh, were Dave Alexander and Jeff Fiegels, without Which question. Which teammates did you enjoy the most being with? Like, oh, Jerome was Jerome, there. Yeah. Jerome was just, Jerome was a show and god rest his soul he was an absolute show in the locker room and on the field i mean and just a what a dude so he was funny a good guy. Yeah, yeah he was a good guy we were we were forgetting teammates we were really good friends as well how about the toughest player you ever played with the toughest nastiest guy i probably played against was steve wisniewski who's a guard with the raiders he was a guy who didn't want to he's like think of for you younger people today watching the nfl think of quentin nelson uh, for the Colts who, and who played with Notre Dame, who didn't just tr- doesn't just try to block you, tries to destroy you. Wisniewski was that way. And very tough, tried to take you over a pile back when you were allowed to do that. And I have no problem with it. It's fine. Right. You know, you know one of the old bl- uh, block into the echo of the whistle again, that was the era. That's what we did. But, but he was the guy. He's that guy who had to have that hand on you at the end of a play and give you the shove. And, but he was an excellent, excellent lineman for sure. But he was he was probably the meanest. Okay, so that I had two questions there: the toughest player and then the meanest. Oh, the player. toughest player I would say was two was Anthony Munoz and uh, Dwight Stevenson. Okay. Dwight Stevenson was a center for the Miami Dolphins. That dude was unbelievable. No hands, no tape. No, I mean, no hands, no tape, no gloves. <laughs> right. His leverage was some of the best leverage I've ever went gone against in my life. Feet and hands. The best was Munoz. Now, again, I was more interior line. I didn't, and Moon was with Cincy, and I was with Houston. We were played twice a year. I didn't go against him much, but there were times you go out there against the end and such. And and it never. Let me just say, it never went well for me <laughs> going going against him. And nicest guy in the world, right? Nicest Great guy. guy. And by the way, on the field, didn't say a word. Did not say a word. Didn't talk a, a lick of shit. Didn't have to. Right. Just blocked you every single play. You know, and now you know it goes out. Maybe the greatest offensive lineman ever played the game. He and Dwight Stevenson were the toughest, the best I went against, and the meanest was was Wisniewski. All right, that's all I've got. That's all you've oh, got. No, one more. Okay. If you could call one college game next year, what game would you call? Oh man, I'm sure a lot of people would think I would just I would go for the Notre a Notre Dame game, but not true. I would go October 9th, Alabama, Texas A and M. Because Jimbo Fisher has started talking. Oh, that's some noise. right. He he did. He said I this is when that. Alabama can be had. Whatever yeah. he was saying. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, you know, and you know, Saban loves that. So, uh-huh. so you know how that one's the, that week is going to go. Right. Oh my God, that just the talk that week, 
And Saban will probably play it down, but you know, in practice and game plan, he is going to want to lay it on, and we'll see. We'll Do you see. think that they both have a chance to be undefeated? Well, at that I mean, point? Bo- both are dealing with new quarterbacks. Okay. Remember, Kellen Mond was Someone at AM, yeah. he's gone, and Mac Jones yeah, he's gone. Uh, is gone at Alabama, so they're right. both doing new quarterbacks. Now, quarterbacks for Alabama, they have ticked off more right. than a few who right. have stepped in right. and done incredible jobs, but both dealing with new quarterbacks. But I think we all know that Alabama uh, gets the better recruit, so it would still seem that they're set up better for it, but, yeah, but you know. It's. I do not believe there has still been an assistant under Saban who's gone on to become a head coach that has beat him yet. Right. He is still undefeated there. Right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Interesting where this to goes. talk shit about I, I, Alabama I, when you don't. You have I, a new I quarterback. Don't, like, I, don't I don't know why it. you would do yeah. it. I, I do not know. I, like if you go any motto in life, don't talk shit about yeah. Alabama. Why? Like I, I mean, I've learned that the hard way. <clears> like why? Why do that to why, yourself? Why do it? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Do you want to jump in on the, uh, before I go to other sports, the Naomi Osaka Sure. That Naomi Osaka, that was some interesting stuff. You got sick of hearing me talk about that this week. I did. I did. Well, now we're doing it for a reason. But you got up like in the, we'd start the day and you'd start bringing it up. I'd be like, let me have some friggin' coffee first on this. Naomi Osaka, for those that may not know, she's, I think, we're seated. She was number two. She was, uh, oh, she was number, she number two, two in the, the world. Front? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but they were at the French Open, I think she was seated seventh because she doesn't oh. play very well on the clay. Right. Um, and she struggles there. And, they went a little bit back and forth. She did with the, the French Open about not wanting to speak to the media. And the French Open basically fined her and said if she continued to not talk, she would have to default. She ended up uh, pulling out of that. And now is basically, she said, I'm stepping away from tennis. She's dealing with, with some, uh, I mean, mental health issues. Certainly we're going to call it that. But she, she definitely has some, some issues going on. Uh-huh. And I think a lot has to do with around clay because she doesn't play very well on clay. Right. And I know her sister had come out and said, you know, she lost a couple of warm-up tournaments on clay. And, and then, you know, the media asked you about it. And she said she doesn't think her sister responds, handled, well, to responds well to that, you know, and doesn't. so it was just didn't want to talk right. to the media about it. It's been an, it's, it's been a – and I, we've seen both sides of it. Right. A lot of people saying good for her for stepping away, bad for – you know the, the the grandson, the majors that are were kind of coming together to say, hey, you know, you got to yeah. talk to the media. And there were some tennis players, including Roger Federer, who said, you know, sorry, this is kind of part and parcel of the deal that you have to talk to the media. It seems like there could have been a better common ground, maybe found here, possibly. Well, I I kept saying to you, and I think I, I think I'm still where I started, where I believe that um, both could be right. Like, uh, from Naomi's perspective, I'm glad she stepped away. If this is, like, such an issue for her. And people had shown a video of her in 2018 being sad and saying she was depressed and whatnot. And I say, I said to myself, wow, that, that was, like, three, four years ago already. Like, 
what's been going on in between. Like, I feel like if she hasn't been able to address it or it's still an issue for her, she should probably step away and, and get it right. Like figure out a way to cope right. with it and whatnot. Um, and, but then I also see it from tennis's perspective that this is the way they, they promote their, their, their right. sport, a sport that isn't one of the majors that, you know, people focus on. Um, so I could see from their side that they need her out there talking yeah. and promoting the sport. Um, so, like you said, could they have found a better way? Probably, but it probably needed to be discussed further out than a day yeah, before. Yeah, than, the than a day before. And here's the thing: I think everybody, because everybody always says, "Oh, screw the media! You don't, you shouldn't have to talk to the media." You got to understand something, gang. All sports are looking for eyes and looking for for uh, fans and looking for numbers, right? Right. So th- there's there's a domino effect here. And, 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 you know, listen, football is king. Right. You know, they're, they're almost just Teflon. Almost, and, and we have seen them make some mistakes. Right. And fans go away for a little bit, but still, it's the by far, by far the best. The majority just chugging along. Tennis, they're, they're, they need eyes, right? right? So to have eyes, it's great to have a media presence. Right. And if all of a sudden some of the majors say, okay, well, you don't have to talk to the media, and then what if other players don't want to talk to the media? Right. And don't want to, and, and give a reason, I don't want to talk to media for this or for that, and nobody talks to the media. Now maybe the media isn't showing up for these events as much because nobody's talking to the right. media. Then the media doesn't cover it as much. For those that, that just say, screw the media, you know, we don't, we don't get great answers anyway. I'm sorry, that's wrong. For sports like tennis, they need the coverage. And that's why maybe they should have worked it out to have her in there to have the coverage. But either way, you can't just go completely on that side and say, well, they should, athletes shouldn't have to talk to the media. Listen, it's already the game is changing because athletes have a different uh, outlet. They have their own Twitter, their own TikTok, their own Instagram, their own ways. And we see them putting out their own stuff right now. But I'm sorry, sports like tennis need the media there, need them covering it to cover it so people can see that and keep the keep the want to watch it up by, right. by following right. it. I, I, I firmly believe that for a sport like tennis. You I think you have to have that. So what they work out, because you've heard the Grand Slams who have basically all gotten together and say, you know, uh, we'll, we'll help any way we can. And then we get down into whose responsibility is it. Understand something, and I'll speak for my sport. The union and the league, they both have programs if players seek them out. Right. They both do. Right. But it's got to come from the player. Right. Okay? It's got to come from the player. You can offer, the, the, our union offers so many things, but but they're not calling you and saying, hey, do you need, need some this. help? Right. You need to, you, you can go to them and say, listen, I'm having a problem with this. For Naomi Osaka or anybody who's having issues, that's your support group that needs to see that you're having issues, well, right? That's, that's the kind of thing I, that you and I kind of talked about, like if, if it was one of our kids. And, you know, granted, all parents make mistakes. We right. don't do a perfect job no, with some no. stuff. But you would hope that after a long period of time like this, you would say, look, we need to figure something out right, here. Like right. That her support people would make it a priority to get her you know, a coping mechanism, whatever, right. a happy medium with the tennis, whatever it was that's going to help alleviate this problem for her. Um, but I don't think that you can expect somebody else to just make it better for you. I think that you have to be proactive on your end and find a way for you to to make it better. And to her credit, she did. She, she said, did. not only did she say, I'm stepping, I'm right. not going to the French Open, I'm stepping away from right. tennis. That's a great decision right. by her, right. you know, if, if that's what's going to help her. Right. My point is, it is... 
her and her team that need to decide this. And tennis has said, we'll help any way we can. And I don't know the programs because it is more of an individual right, sport. Right. I don't know the programs tennis has for the players. Right. All I can do is speak of the NFL union and the NFL. There are many programs that will help if you seek the help. Right. And that's where you will need to have that support group around you that, that says, hey, we need some help here. Let's go to these entities that, that could have it available for us. I, I do wonder, and I I, kind of, I haven't even said this to you, but I do wonder some, like if she thought that they were going to acquiesce to her. Yeah. And that they were going to let her slide because they didn't mention it until right. the day before. You think maybe they thought because of her ranking and mm-hmm. her stature right. that they were going to say, okay, no problem or whatever. Right. But I can see it's a slippery slope because um, – even if it's not in this context, if there's something else that's considered part of the job that people don't like doing, right? You know, they're gonna they're gonna use her as an example of like, well, she didn't have to do this, so it it makes it hard. And I think the general person, we probably all have parts of our job that we don't like to do, or like I used my sister as an example. Yeah. She gets great anxiety speaking in front of like groups and giving presentations so much so where she wears black because she kicks out through. so bad. But it's part of her job. But it's part of her job, and, and she's she good does at it. it. She, yep, she's been in her job since she graduated from high school, and she's getting ready to turn forty four. But I mean. She she had to deal with it. Like you, you have to find a way to deal with it. And I guess that's the thing. It's not it's not a major part of her job, but it is one of the things that she doesn't like to right. do. So she's found a way to cope with it. And and I hope Naomi can find a way yeah. to just deal with the, it. The bottom line is is her getting better and her recognizing and her support group that she needed some help and she's stepping away. One thing I'm worried about though is that like she seems not happy. No, she does not. You're right. From the outside looking in, she just doesn't seem happy. And I I mean I hope that this isn't like the beginning because we've seen the Jennifer Capriotis of the world and stuff where you know, in get an so individual much. sport where you're young and, and it, you get, and all of a sudden you're at the top, and it's overwhelming yeah, to some yeah, people. Yeah. So I, I so. hope it's not the beginning of a slippery slope for her. So the one last thing for for me and you before we go, it's a sad thing. Um, Notre Dame swim coach for years, for decades, Tim Welsh uh, passed away at pancreatic cancer, and just passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, for forgetting coaching, you know, listen, with our kids being athlete, me being an athlete, you being, us being together so long, you've seen me through my career. Me not being an athlete. <laughs> you not being so much an athlete. Uh, but you being with me through college in the NFL and, and both boys in Sydney through Little League, uh, all the way through college and a little bit in the NFL. You see a lot of coaches and a lot of things. Tim Welsh was, was truly that, that coach who, again, a former swimming coach at Notre Dame, who taught you more, more about life as well as swimming? I mean, I don't know if I've met a nicer man. He was a nicer man, and like Sydney said, she thinks uh, he. Uh, Sydney had three swim coaches at Notre Dame. It was a terrible time for Notre Dame swimming. Circumstances out of everybody's control. Right. But in uh, Sydney's junior year, he stepped in and mm-hmm. took over the program while there was a gap in the program. And she said he maybe raised his voice twice to them, but he was just such a wonderful man. A, Great coach, cared about the whole person. You know, a lot of people could say that, but yeah. he lived by that. He did. He, he, did. he won so many awards in the coaching world and uh, the swimming world because of that. Um, he was admired by a lot of other coaches and whatnot. And just, just such a great man. We got to know him when Sydney was eight years eight old years and old. went to Notre Dame Swim swimming camp. camp. Yeah. And um, he he was there so many years. I think thirty years yeah. or something at Notre Dame. And uh, just a wonderful man. Yeah, so we've known him for like 18 years. Yeah. And, uh, oh, 
Yeah. My gosh, just a great guy. And everybody, unfortunately, saw this coming with the pancreatic cancer. And uh, yeah, it was tough. Tough uh, road, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Let, let's just say, I, I we don't know if the funeral is going to be open because we don't know where Notre Dame is going to be from a COVID situation and, and that. And, I'm and hoping it lives, it's open. And it lives here yeah. in, in South Bend. But if it's open, we'll the, be there. the showing is going to be it is. The, the amount of people that are going to come and to pay respect yeah. to him is going to be incredible because of the influence he had on so many lives. Yeah, he, he really did help shape a lot of people at a, at a time when young people need yeah. shaping. Yeah. So. Well, it's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. So rest in peace, Tim. Tim we, yeah, uh, we'll miss you. Incredible person uh, that you are. So and he always wore that cowboy hat. Always wore that. We always saw him at the Notre Dame <laughs> football, football games, games walking his, past us yes, with that with his cowboy, cowboy hat, hat on. on. Yeah, 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 he was so awesome. Cool. He was so really awesome. So. All right. All right. Enjoy. I'm Go gone. check out, see if Harry threw up anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Goodbye. See you. So onward, we move to some sports. And obviously, let's start with basketball and the uh, the NBA playoffs. As of the taping of this, this is a day after uh, Phoenix ousted the Lakers. So that's obviously the big the big story because, you know, Lakers with LeBron, always a big story last year's champs and all that. And uh, Anthony Davis uh, missed game five, tried to play in game six uh, on, on um, what was it, Thursday night. And he played about four or five minutes. He had the groin. And, and I mean, listen, that one, I know he's going to try. I think any athlete would try. That's just one you can't cut. Any kind of strain like that, a calf strain, a groin strain, a quad strain, things like that, when or you strain something like that, you, it, it's going to be a while. It just is. Uh, and he tried, and you could see he wasn't, he couldn't do anything. So played about five minutes, and Devin Booker went nuts uh, for Phoenix, and, and Phoenix takes that one four to two. Denver uh, beat Portland also and, uh, um, on Thursday night. That was the game before that. Portland had a lead for a lot of the game, and then uh, uh, Nikolai Jokic went nuts in that one. Uh, and uh, so they ended up winning that series 4-2. to two. Uh, Utah beat Memphis in their series 4-1, to one, and the Clippers in Dallas going to game 6 with Dallas up, I believe, 3-2. In that one, that game still to be played. Either way, the next. Either way, what's what's interesting? And like, listen, everybody in the world is going to talk about the Lakers. I, I get it. What are they going to do next year? You know, they're going to have a, at least a regular off season. Everybody, do, as we know, is going to have to be healthy. We know with AD and LeBron, he missed a lot of time this year as well with the high ankle and AD. AD, listen, AD's lived with us most of his career, having some kind of a nagging injury where he misses time. So it's kind of a hold your breath and cross your fingers that they stay healthy and see what they can do next year. But what's interesting to me is in the next round in the West, you have Phoenix against Denver, which I I think could be an excellent series. And how about Phoenix? You know, what they did, the process they went through. We keep talking about the process with the 76ers, but what they went through and where they are now. And what a great addition Chris Paul has been, even though Devin Booker is exploding into stardom. And then the other series would be the one seed Utah against either Dallas or the Clippers whenever that one is done. But here's what's interesting to me. Now that LeBron's out, and let's say Dallas, which has the lead over the Clippers, wins their series over the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. Listen listen to the four stars who are coming from the West, who are the last four teams. Devin Booker, 24. Nikola Jokic, 26, who's probably going to win the MVP. Uh, Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell for Utah is 24. And Luka Doncic, if they play Dallas, is 22. Think about that in the West, the young stars that each of those teams has and the future for those teams. 
as we see the Clippers never really being able to get over the top, you know, with the guys that they have that are aging now, and if they don't make it again this year. And we know, listen, whether we like it or not, it is going to come to the end for LeBron. It is going to come to the end for a Tom Brady. At some point, they can't play forever. So those teams eventually are going to have to rebuild. But you're talking about Phoenix, Denver, Utah, and Dallas with stars, superstars, uh, are heading into that category and how young that they are. Really, really impressive and looking forward uh, to that next round. Over in the East, Philly took out Washington and uh, four games to one. Atlanta, the Knicks, four games to one. And good for the Knicks, though. It doesn't matter they don't want in the first round. Man, they made the playoffs. Good for them. And build off that. Uh, the Nets beat Boston uh, four to one in their series. And Milwaukee uh, swept the Heat four zip in that one. So the next round there, you have Philly against Atlanta. Trey Young has been unbelievable for Atlanta. And boy, what a what a personality he is. Boy, him in the garden and how he was uh, acting was pretty wild. But again, a young one. Remember that Dallas and Atlanta flop for Luka and Young. Everybody thinking, oh my God, Dallas, they got such the better deal on that. Look what Young is doing right now. Just a fantastic job. But again, a young player as well. Uh, so Philly against Atlanta. Atlanta's gonna, should be heavily favored, but there is the Joel Embiid situation, I believe, of the partially torn, you know, meniscus. Of how is that gonna affect? And anything lower body on a big man, on a seven footer, is gonna be magnified because of their size. So that's obviously something to keep a huge, huge eye on. And then the matchup that really, uh, probably should have been for the Eastern Conference final is going, is gonna go on in the next round. And that is uh, Brooklyn against Milwaukee. So the, the the trifecta of obviously Harden, Kyrie, and KD against Milwaukee and Giannis and, and where that goes. What a matchup that's going to be. And, and I know there's been news out about uh, Boston with Danny Ainge leaving the front office and Brad Stevens probably going to go there. And some people getting a little, uh, a little loud about, Oh, you know, the, the players need to speak up about getting African Americans in as either a coach or, or management positions. And, and certainly I understand that to a point. But, you know, in this situation, maybe the players are fine with this. Maybe the players like, you know, Brad Stevens and like him going into the management uh, position and they're fine with it. I mean, who knows? I, we know they have some young stars there, um, especially in Tatum. Uh, maybe, you know, they liked Brad and they liked that he's going to go to the to the management side of this and take over for Ainge. I mean, uh, so, you know, we'll see. Right now, That's that seems to be the plan. We'll see where they go uh, with a head coach. So that's where we are uh, in the NBA right now. I'm really definitely looking forward, like I said, to the next round of all the youth in the West and then that Brooklyn and Milwaukee matchup uh, in the East. If those three are healthy, I still see... Uh, the Nets coming out of the East. I think it's it's either I think it's either the Nets or Milwaukee coming out of the East. But I would say the Nets right now. And then, I mean, who are you picking in the West? Especially if the Clippers go down, you have Kawhi out, you have LeBron out, and as you mentioned, as I mentioned, you have all those young stars. Who's it going to be? I love the Booker matchup against Denver and Jokic and what he's doing for a big man and, pro- and probably the MVP. So, really, really looking forward to the second round matchups. Uh, in, in the West for sure. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, staying in basketball uh, for a moment, uh, the news out there that Coach K, it's going to be his last year uh, next year, uh, and he's going to step down. What a career. You know, going into his last year, five national titles, 15 ACC tournament championships, 12 Final Fours, three gold medals at the Olympics, you know, leading the NBA players. 
there may not be a more respected coach combined in college and the NBA uh, than Coach K. Uh, really incredible, uh, and I've really had a good fortune of going on his podcast more than a few times. And over the years on the shows I've had at ESPN, we've had him on many times, and it's always always great to have him on to hear him talk. And you wonder if part of it, now listen, he's getting up there in age anyway, and, and the older, uh, you just heard Jim Beheim though, so he's not, not even close or ready to step down. But you wonder how much with some of the new things that are going to be going on in college sports Maybe where the coaches that are a little bit older and have been around a while may say, you know what, I was thinking of retiring soon, and maybe this will push them over the edge to retire. And I don't know for, for at all if this is what affects Coach K or any of the other coaches that have been up, that are up there in age. But with NIL, name, image, and likeness coming at you like a freight train, and it's going to happen. And all the players that are in the transfer portal and how much more difficult that can make it for the coaches. But, oh, by the way, I'm fine with the players in the transfer portal and absolutely fine with NIL as well. But it's going to be different for for coaches and all of college sports. So whether that has anything to do with, you know, older coaches and their decisions, we'll have to wait and see. And we'll see if they say that. At least see if they would bring that up if some of them were to retire. Looks like the... Uh, man in waiting is John Shire for uh, Duke, who played at Duke. I think he won a title with him, I think, in 2010. He's 33 years old. He's been an assistant for the last eight years. He's had a, he's, His name has been um, brought up in other head coaching jobs over the last couple of years, but he's come back to Duke, staying there, and now it looks like uh, within a year he could be the man taking over for Coach K. Always got to be tough taking over for a legend, and this this is about as legendary as you can get. And John is going to be the one probably taking over for Coach K. So those are some uh, incredible shoes that he is going to have to fill. So we'll see what happens down there in the long run. A couple of uh, last couple of things. Olympics uh, supposed to go next month. We've heard a lot of back and forth there where the people in Japan, the vote taken, and a lot of them don't want the Olympics. The IOC does obviously want the Olympics, said they are going ahead with the Olympics. It doesn't look like anybody from overseas is going to be allowed to come in from a fan's perspective uh, there as well, because they are in their fourth, I guess, go-around with different strains of COVID. They're in a, in a state of emergency. The CDC here in the United States has, has basically said, don't travel to Japan. Um, so what, what a tough situation. All I know is I could say this. Anybody who knows me knows I am an Olympic freak. I love the Olympics. There's no Olympics for football, so I never obviously had a chance there. Uh, The NFL, there's no players that go to the Olympics. And I wasn't good enough in any of the other sports to play in the Olympics. But I love the Olympics. And all I have to say is if I were an Olympic athlete, I would, I absolutely positively would want to be going. I would do everything in my power because of, remember, this Olympics every few years, that you're working your ass off for this, I would absolutely want to go. Um, now, we'll see. You know, right now it looks like everything is a go and they're going to go there. Even if there's going to be no fans there as an athlete, I'd be like, that's fine. I wish there could be, um, but I, I want to go and I want to compete. You know, how much of this ends up being political, of trying to put it on, the money you lose, the money you can make, uh, who knows? I usually just think of it from the athlete side of it. And if I were an athlete, I absolutely positively would want to be going. And we know athletes are already over there training, getting ready, getting used to everything over there 
uh, for the Olympics. So we obviously will keep an eye on that as we've seen a lot of empty seats over the last year in different venues. You'll see that it looks like at the Olympics if if the ban stays for overseas fans not being able to come in uh, to Tokyo, then you'll see a lot of empty seats. But Again, if I, I believe personally, if the athletes are allowed to complete their compete, they're going to be extremely, extremely happy about it. I'll finish up with a little bit of football. Really, not much going on. I know the, some of the big news out there uh, has been Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Julio Jones, you know, uh, Atlanta looking to trade him. Where would he go? How would he fit with a team like Tennessee? With a team like would it be Baltimore? I love how people are talking about going. Uh, to Green Bay, that would that would appease Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's happening. But Julio Jones, a guy that's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, it will be interesting where he can go, and if it, if it would be to a team that's right on the brink, it can help put them over the top uh, to get uh, to uh, not only deep into the playoffs, but the Super Bowl place he's been. As he saw his team lose a huge lead, you know, maybe out uh, with the L.A. Chargers. With a young quarterback in Herbert and Keenan Allen, a wide receiver, you know, he could be the other there. Uh, you know, those guys. Uh, so that, that could be an interesting stop as well. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers, for me, nothing has changed. I said it when this first came out, and I'm saying it now. He'll be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. That's what he's going to be. I don't believe the GM is going to resign or going to be fired. I know that's been the 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 the, uh, the headbutting that's gone on there. I don't see that happening. I see, however, they're going to work it out. I don't see Aaron sitting uh, and just saying that it's so bad that he's just not going to show up and play. I know he hasn't gone to OTAs. Who cares? Uh, just seeing seeing the wide receivers haven't gone to OTAs. That certainly is a message to Green Bay that says, "Hey, let's get this thing somehow, some way worked out." However, it's going to work out. Redoing a contract. I don't know, but but as we've heard. Aaron say it's more about philosophy than anything else, but I firmly believe he will be. I, I, I haven't even thought about, you know, all the other spots teams have taken care of their quarterback position. Now, next year could be interesting. I think he plays in Green Bay this year, but what about next year? Will teams put try and put themselves in position to get Aaron Rodgers next year for that 2022 season? That, to me, will be way more interesting than right now, where I still think he is going back to Green Bay. And I mentioned OTAs, and let me, let me just say really quickly, I just I heard someone talking about this on air, one of the talking heads, as, as they say, now that I'm not one for a while, even though I'll be back to it soon. It was unbelievable that we were, we were they were showing clips of OTAs, guys practicing in shorts, and this person was talking about how he thought one player, the players were going to be better than other players who looked good in their shorts and jersey. It was one of the more stunning things I've ever heard in my life. That Mac Jones didn't look like he belonged because he had baggy shorts on and he was wearing a red number 50 jersey for the New England Patriots. And players like, you know, Justin Fields, you know, and Trey Lance, how good they looked in their shorts and their, and their jersey, that they were going to be the stars, that they were just showing right away that they were better. Could have been one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard in my life, ever. To sit there and judge somebody by how they're dressed and how they look blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. So uh, if you heard that or if you're watching OTAs, who cares what somebody's if they have baggy pants on or number 50 jersey for a quarterback? Who gives a damn? It is all about how they're going to play, not how they're going to look. I've seen a whole lot of look like Tarzan, play like Janes in my day, and that, that, was, the, that was the term used all the time. Uh, so, you know, let, let, let's get off that, that how you looked 
in your jersey garbage because that's exactly what it is. Guys are learning right now in OTAs. It's an exciting time for the young players, and that's who it's for. You've heard uh, Bruce Arians say in Tampa that the older guys probably won't even be around, and Brady would probably just coach. Uh, so, I mean, th- this is for the younger guys to learn the system and kind of get acclimated a little bit to what the pros are going to be like. So it's always it's always a great time because everybody's 0-0 and everybody has their new draft picks and free agents in, and you can think about what the future may hold. So we will see. And as I said earlier, the future for me will be, I'll be back in this hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, some of the multiple things I'm working on do take a little bit of time, uh, but uh, hopefully that'll all be taken care of pretty soon. So Everybody enjoy uh, what you're doing right now, whether it's the NHL playoffs, which has been fantastic with the amount of overtimes, regular season baseball, NBA playoffs, whatever sport you're watching right now. You have some of the college championships going on with softball and baseball. So certainly there's a lot out there. But most importantly, if you're listening to this on the day I'm taping this, which is Friday, uh, what June 4th, uh, it is National Donut Day. And to me, that's one of the most important days of the year. So if nothing else, enjoy your donuts.